And we're back. Oh, boy. Exactly. That's exactly how professional is going to continue. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Brandon Guyton, the baritone for the 2002 International Champion Quartet Four Voices and the 2009 International Champion Quartet Crossroads. Um, let's start. Two Robin. very, very unpopular quartets. Well, indeed, yes, yes. No, I, I would agree with you. Two of the least known quartets. That's right. Um, so I'll start where I've uh, started and ended a couple of the others. What would, um, how far before 2002 did you go start Four Voices? Uh, Four Voices would have started in 1995. Wow. I actually competed one year when I was still in, in high school. Yep. Uh, the Four Voices kind of formed, and the name Four Voices comes from the group Voices of Lee, which is our yep. college ensemble. And everyone was kind of a member of the Voices of Lee. One of your favorite videos. Uh, yeah. So good. All right. That was yeah. your 03. So your swan song quartet set, you brought Voices of Lee with you, yeah? Correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. Actually, Mike and Vicky Donnelly were there, and they said it just blew their minds. Yeah, it was a pretty special moment. We sort of get sidetracked, but it's a good sidetrack. You... you how did that come about? Did you want to kind of do something a bit a bit different from just the quartet going along and singing, or? Um, I think our, our, our thinking at the time was that. Were you drunk or? <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> I think the Voices of Lee experience really was formative in our barbershop experience. Chad and I found barbershop before we came to college. But when we got to college, the director of the group knew that we were singing a little barbershop, so he said, "Hey, why don't you put together something in the group?" And this was actually Chad's a year older than me, so. He started for voices. Chad sang baritone in 1995. They had a different lead, and Lester and Jason singing bass and tenor. And they competed in Miami, and they came in sixth, I believe. So the next year, no, 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 college competition. So the next year, I, the, the guy who was singing lead at the time, he left the end of leaving voices. Chad moved to lead. I got into voices of lead. I sang baritone. So I'm really the. Re they went from six to one, you know, and it was hey. because of the correlation means correlation. Exactly. But um, I will say because of our, our, the director of voices encouragement about voices of lead, about four voices and, and really allowing us to do that every time we would sing. And voices of Lee is a group that basically travels ten. Point five months out of the year. Wow. It's a, an, every single weekend we rehearse every single day. What? It's, it, what? it's, it's like being on a, a sports team, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, if you go to a university on a scholarship for sports in America, it's probably time. the same here. Yeah, it's okay. what you every do. Day. It's what yeah. you're there to do. Okay. And it's what we were there to do. So wow. cool. anyway, awesome. uh, Voices of Lee was such a formative part of our experience that when we won International in 2002, yeah. we just wanted them to be a part of that. Movement. Yeah, I see. Yeah, good one. See, this is what happens when you... Go, go on, yeah, follow, follow these uh, rabbits, rabbits down these rabbits. Ah, yes. yeah. And so, were you the first collegiate champ to win Open? I think so, yeah. Because it had only been going for a few years. Yeah, I think the first the collegiate competition Street was... Junction was yeah, the first maybe 1993, I believe. Yeah. I'm not sure, but Water Street Junction was the first. Yeah. And I think it was 1993. Yeah. We, we, we just had the 20-something? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, in, in Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's right. Yeah. Cool. So, we were the first one. But it hadn't been going very long, yeah. you know. That just means we're old. Well, yeah. Uh, 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 tell me about it. So, um, and, and 
Four Voices, of course, is, is famous uh, for some uh, for pushing the boundaries, uh, yep. like a number of quartets over the years have with with um, Lazy Bones and various others. Did you, um, with, with your musical background with, with Voices of Lee, etc., did you were you looking to push the boundaries, uh, or was that just did it just, did it just happen? Or? No, I, I I think those kinds of things. So. It's a long explanation. I'll try to give the cliff notes. Do you have cliff notes here? Yeah, I'll show you. Okay, the shortened version mm -hmm. of it. Yeah. Um, if you can attach yourself to a great arranger, mm -hmm. and there are very few of those out there. I mean, there's more and more these days, but back in the day, there, yeah. were, there were some really good arrangers, but there are a few arrangers that sort of speak the same language your quartet does. Yeah. And that was David Wright uh, for the Gas House Gang, for Nightlife, for Michigan Jake, and for us. Wow, cool. So a song like Lazy Bones was actually David Wright's idea. We went up and did coaching with David. We spent the whole weekend with him. We're singing, we're rehearsing, all these things. And he said, after David began to hear us and, and sort of see what, what, he, what he thought we could do, he said, I've got an idea for a song. So were we looking to push the boundary? No. It was really David that was uh, trying to push the boundary. Yeah, and we were the victim. <laughs> we were the vehicle to do that. Yeah. But we were more than happy to do it. I yeah. mean, because the music was so good yeah, yeah, and yeah. so interesting, yeah, yeah. we were like, okay, yes, let's nice, do this. Nice, nice. But it wasn't our objective to push the style forward necessarily. Nice. And were all of your in your championship year, were all of your um, uh, songs custom arrangements, or had some people, some of them been done before? When we won, so yes. Nona Nora. No, no, no. Well, oh no, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, No No Nora was actually arranged for a quartet called the Svelt Brothers, okay. and the members of the Svelt Brothers were uh, uh, Jed Brooks, which he's, he's since passed on. His brother Tim Brooks. Yeah. Jed was singing the lead. Tim was singing the baritone. Tim now sings with uh, yes. a Mighty Wind yep. State Line Grocery. Yep. So Tim was the baritone. Um, the bass was Drew McMillan, who yep. was the bass of. Um, a mighty win yep. for a long, long time. Yep. And, uh, oh my gosh, who was the tenor? Uh, a guy named right. Keith something. Yep. But he was the tenor, and they sang that song. And when we began to coach, Clay Hine was really our main coach uh, for Four Voices, our main influence. So Which is why you're a comedy quartet. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so Clay brought this arrangement to us and said, this quartet did it. And, and I think they, I don't know if they were competing international, but we changed it like the whole way to watch from Barbers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, Svelte Brothers did it, but we made it kind of. Took it to another level. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I don't know about that. But we changed it. We made it our own. And just quickly, to what extent, I, I think I might have asked you this in a, a class earlier on, but for, uh, for both of our listeners, um, to what extent with, 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 with you and. You do. Yeah, you do. You guys. You two are the listeners. Uh, <laughs> He doesn't listen. <laughs> no, that's right. It's me and my mom. <laughs> <laughs> with with you on Barry and Chad on lead, to what extent was there a bit more of a natural blend because of because your brothers? It's interesting. Uh, you know, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I think the human voice, everybody's voice is very different. I mean, that's the way we're, we're, we're made, we're created. Everyone's instrument is very different. So even though we have the same parents, that doesn't mean that we sound exactly the same. Chad sings with what I would say, just to use a very generic term that everyone would understand, with more space than I do. I have a brighter voice than Chad does. So we definitely had to work at it. It wasn't just so natural, yeah. um, you know, for that reason. Because yeah. all voices are different. We have actually have six boys in our family. Yeah. Six. Yeah. Six. I was wondering how many yeah. there were. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Chad is 42, 
I am 40, and the youngest, I think he's 22. Wow. Sure. So this is almost a, almost a 20-year spread Amazing. between And we all sing, and we get together and sing a lot, but, but we really don't sound exactly alike. So yes, it took a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. A lot of work. Funny little thing on stage, getting the phone call. Yes, man. Uh, yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, and so, sort of fast forwarding because our time is, is brief. Um, uh, what, when when you stopped doing shows with four voices, because uh, um, one of them, I think Fred or Jim, Jim, I think said that, that you and Mike contacted him to say, "How about it?" Um, so, how did that all sort of get? Like, after yeah. four voices, were you looking for another quartet, or Mike and you got drunk and just started chatting? <laughs> or... <laughs> so, again, pretty long story, but I'll try to condense it as much as possible. Our tenor Lester wanted to go into full-time ministry. That's what he felt like his calling was. And if you're in ministry, your ministry mostly is on a Sunday. Barbershop shows are on a Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. So it's we tried for several years to do a show, get him on the earliest flight out. It's just not possible. Not possible. It's difficult for him, and the time has never worked out, all these other problems. So we were struggling with the, the concept of what should we do as a quartet for voices. I mean, we felt like we couldn't continue with another tenor. There are great tenors out there, but Lester was was us. He's yeah, part yeah, of us. Sure. So we just want to continue with Lester. And if we couldn't continue with Lester, we didn't want to continue. And how long after? How long did you tour after your championship year? Uh, I think 2000. Well, we still actually sing together. Yeah, and now well, we're actually singing with Lester again. Yeah, cool. Because his life has changed. Things have changed. Five years ago, you announced that you were kind of getting the band back together. Yeah, but we don't. We we never really stopped singing. We would always okay. sing maybe one or two times a year. Okay. Oh, cool. We just stopped taking shows. Okay. Yeah, okay. And becoming yeah, yeah. an act and, and being an actor quartet yeah. because we couldn't. Yeah. So we've always been singing, but more recently we're taking a little bit more shows. Yeah. Maybe three to five a year. That's the maximum. Awesome. Again, because Lester's still working in a church, yeah. and so Sunday's still his job, and so he has very limited time away. But um, there was a point where we were trying to, we were wrestling what, what should we do with four voices. And this was on a Wednesday, and then I was getting on a plane on Thursday evening to go to Land of Lakes Top Gun School. Yep. And Top Gun School, do you have Top Guns no, here? Do you understand what that is? I've heard of it. The Top Gun School is essentially, districts put these on, and they usually take the top five to seven to eight quartets and invite them to a coaching weekend intensive weekend, intensive yeah. weekend with the hopes of bringing and they bring in the best coaches they can with the hopes of helping those five to seven quartets qualify to international okay, okay. so they call yeah, those sure. top guns sure, yeah. they're, they're less common now but they were more common back then so Mike and I were going up to the land of lakes to coach this top gun school. And that was on a, a Thursday. On a Wednesday, JB, Jason Van Hooks, sent an email to the quartet and just said what we were all kind of feeling and thinking. If we can't sing with Lester full-time, let's just stop singing. Let's just make it make it official. Let's don't make an announcement. Let's just kind of go away. Let's fade yeah, away. Yeah. And people, let's, let's uh, turn down every show we offer we get and just go away. And this is basically what we did. So at that time... I really wanted to continue to sing. Fair enough. But the backstory is this. And again, I guess this is a long story. I was still young. It is fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, well, during all of that period of time, yeah. Rob Henry, which is Jim's brother, yeah. who was the baritone of the Gas House Gang, yes. became very sick. Yes. So as he began to get very sick, Mike Slamka actually began to fill in yeah. with the Gas House Gang yeah. at the time. I was not at the time. This was early on in Rob. A role which you have since usurped. Well, well. <laughs> you usurped. <laughs> Oh, you know. 
I mean, Mike, you know, as a baritone, uh, he's a great leader. Come on. As a baritone, he's kind of, you can't break the thunder. Yeah, exactly. So, Mike um, was, was that guy. And then it was actually Mike. Mike said to me, uh, they, they had the, the gas house game had a 12 or 10 or 11, 13, 14, whatever day, kind of like this trip to Japan. And he could not go because of his work situation. So, Mike and Jim called me and said, is there any way you can do this? And we had, you know, there's sort of this small fraternity of, of, of people when you win, you get to know each other pretty yes. well. Cool. It's, a, yeah. it's a smaller yeah, club. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we get to kind of know each other, and Mike and Jim called, and Jim said, you know, is there any way you can go to this Japan tour? Well, the Gasol's game was the very first quartet Chad and I ever saw in 1993. And you just went, heck yeah. I was like, of course. I'd be honored to do it. And at this time, you know, Rob had kind of had passed on. And they're trying to, to figure out what the future was for the Gas House game. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Thanks for screwing up the segments. Hi, Dan Beckett. Hi, Australia. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hi, Australia. <laughs> <laughs> so Jim contacted me and I ended up going and we had a couple of other shows that we did before we went to Japan so I learned the Gas House Games repertoire we went to Japan and I took my wife and two children at the time my, and I, are we still okay? Sorry, no, 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 I'm just checking the my, my two kids who were like 18 months and two years old oh, wow. all the way to Japan excuse me Brandon your oh. bubble bath is ready sir <laughs> thank you thank you I'll, I'll let them know you're on the way will you rub my feet when I get there absolutely <laughs> uh, would you like that champagne chill <laughs> please okay won't this be long. is the creepiest See you soon. thing I've ever <laughs> we can end that out I'm not going to <laughs> <laughs> it's like an Aussie tells you moment um so I'll, I'll, I'll so finish Japan, it up. Yeah. So I, through that experience, I connected with Jim. You know, we knew each other, but not really. Yep. Yeah. So Mike, through his experience with the gas station, really connected with Jim. And through so my experience and my travels in I'm, Japan, I'm I became yeah. very, very intimate and close with this. Now, so the three of us, uh, so at, at that top, back to the Top Gun School, yep. I was getting on the plane to go to the Top Gun School. Mike was going to be there. Four Voices had kind of officially, unofficially ended on Wednesday. Yep. yep. <laughs> Friday, I show up to Mike, and we had had this shared experience with, get, with the Gas House game. And we started to talk about it and just said, man, I would love to sing with you. I just would love to sing with, because I think Mike is one of the great leads. I really uh, do. Uh, just one of the most expressive. I, 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 def- I, def- I definitely wasn't talking about that exact same subject 10 minutes ago <laughs> yeah. with my uh, friend Adrian Gipple. Yeah. 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 I mean, to me, he's just one of the great yeah. leads of all time. So, um, that was the it, reason it was voted in in the fantasy quartet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So we, we just started to talk that weekend about... And, and, and also our connection to Jim, it, it just, that just brought us together. Wow. So we started talking about the possibility of singing together. <laughs> oh, here I am. <laughs> and so it's like little schoolgirls. We're just like, hey, we can sing together. What do you think? And we're just so like, excited about it through the whole weekend. So it was probably like 11 p.m. on Saturday night. We said, let's call Jim right now. <laughs> now, Fred was not in the picture at this point yeah. because we knew Fred, but we weren't uh, we weren't particularly close to Fred. We'll get to that in a second. So we called Jim at 11 o'clock and we're like, Jim, 
you know, Excuse we want to do this. Let's make this happen. And Jim said at that time, yeah. he's like, I told my wife when Gas House Game was done that I am forever done. Love. Just kidding. <laughs> I just couldn't. Oh, did you, did you go now? Okay, good. <laughs> Can I be on the <laughs> What's happening here? I can edit this. You asked for the ambience. <laughs> <laughs> you asked for the You asked for it. So you're just looking at it. Sorry, I know this is a long story. Oh, 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 it's a, oh, it's a, a good story. story. So, to fast forward, we called Jim. He said yes. I was coaching the ambassadors at the time and, and still kind of do. So I went out to St. Louis. This was about two weeks after we returned home from this trip. And I said to Mike, why don't you just come down to St. Louis, me, you, and Jim, we'll get together with Trio, we'll sing. So we had no tenor in mind. We made, we talked about some people. So we called Tim Ward because he lived there, and Tim was never going to be the tenor. You know, he had one spectrum. Yeah. Just, can you sing the notes? Yeah. So we had a couple of songs we got together. <laughs> No, no, they're outside my range. It's, yeah. it's a great story because <laughs> we had, there was like all of this, and we brought all of our families. I brought my four kids and my wife. Mike brought all of his children and his wife. And Jim was there and all of his family. And there were other people, Vocal Spectrum, they were all kind of there. Like, oh, this is going to be in this new brick corner. <laughs> and we were there with Tim, and we started singing, and it was crap. I'm not kidding. Uh, your family started literally, to literally, yeah, gradually leave the room. They were literally standing in the room. We sang like 10 chords, and then the next thing we know, they're like, <laughs> they need some time. Show us, let's just, uh, yeah, that's, that's exactly how it happened. So through that weekend, we, we ended up singing a bunch, and we started to talk about the tenor. Now, here's what we did not know. Well, we, Jim knew it for sure, but Jim actually met Fred back in, like, long before he sang the second edition. And Jim and his family had vacationed with Fred and his family. So outside of Barbershop, they were very close. They were great friends. I only knew Fred from second edition. And there's this great show weekend that happens in Florida every Labor Day in America, which is uh, what weekend is that? First weekend in September. Yeah. And it's called the Labor Day Jamboree. Fred is always there with his family, but Fred's really kind of, at this time, outside of barbershop. He sang in 1989, they finished in 1991-92, and he was pretty much done. He wasn't around very often in barbershop, yep. so Fred's kind of out of the picture. So we contacted Fred. Uh, so through all of that, I knew Fred a little bit through this one barbershop weekend, but not really. Yep. And so Jim says on a Monday morning, Fred Farrell is the tenor. Yeah, well. Mike and I are like, uh, you know, because we just had no idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I love second edition. There were the great quartets, but that was 1989. Yeah, yeah. I was born in 77. I was, you know, like this, not this so long after I was, well, I was 11 years old, whatever. So we were, it wasn't like that there was, but we just had no idea. But here's what Jim said. He said, what we have here, the three of us, is real. It's about family. It's about love. It's about all these other things that we've come to share together. He said, it doesn't matter how Fred sings. He fits that piece of it. I'm sorry. I just spit all over Richard. You're welcome, Richard. <laughs> I literally just put all this face. Thank you. So we called, this was Monday morning. I told you this long story, and you can edit all this out if you need to. Not a chance. Monday morning, we call Fred. Now, here's the Fred Farrell backstory. Most people don't know this. Fred was the original tenor of Old School. <laughs> wow. Before Rick Taylor. Before Rick Taylor. Wow. And it wasn't Old School at the time. So Joe Conley, it was Joe Conley and... Um, Gosh, Fred Farrell and Tenor, 
uh, I, I guess Jack or I think Jack on baritone and another bass. Dave Crowell, I think, okay. you saying with the Tulsa tradition. Okay. So that was the original formation of Old School. Oh, okay. And some things happened and it didn't really work out. And this was Fred's, when they called him about Old School, this was Fred's chance to, all of his children were born after second edition. Yeah. So his family never knew him really oh, as yeah, Fred the Barbershop. Yeah, yeah. So he looked at this as like, this is my chance to get back and do it again. But there were some problems, you know, some things that yeah. as, as can happen. And he said, you know, it wasn't going to work out. He finally said no. Yeah. He went home and told his wife. He's like, well, that was my last chance. Oh, wow. Like a week and a half later, <laughs> we had no idea. We had no idea yeah, any of this was happening. Had, uh, On Monday morning, we called Fred. Yeah, that's And exciting. it was the three of us. And Fred had no idea this was yeah, coming yeah. either. It just said, Fred, it's me, Brandon, Jim. Right. We want you to be our tenor. Yeah. He was like, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> and sight unseen. And as soon as Fred, we, we of course had a rehearsal later, that, a couple of weeks Dying, later. Yeah. And <laughs> it was just perfect. Yeah. Everything about it was perfect. Yeah. The music was difficult. We didn't care. Yeah. It was secondary to all the other things. So we've had to work much harder at the music part of it, but the relationship part was always what has driven nice. Crossroads. Yeah. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, so, so many questions. Um, what advice on, on that sort of basis, in that context, what advice would you give to someone who was looking to start a quartet? Oof. Well, <laughs> it's hard for me to say because here's why. I think Crossroads scratches the itch that all of our first quartets didn't quite have. It didn't provide, yeah. you know, for various reasons. Yeah. I love the guys in Four Voices. Um, they weren't necessarily hardcore barbershoppers okay. like Chet and I were. We yeah. were barbershoppers. Jason Lester, they loved barbershop, but they weren't hardcore barbershoppers. Yeah. They couldn't, we couldn't press play on the uh, bluegrass you know, track, <laughs> CDs, uh, singing every single song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to finish. Yeah. So, uh, Crossroads is that for me. Yeah. Uh, and we could go down the list and talk about yeah. all the other things, but Crossroads is, is just something different for all of us. And I think we can only appreciate it now because of what we went through the first time. Yeah. And I think in the first quartet, all of us would say that the winning of the competition was a big motivator. It really was. Four voices. There was the prize. We won it. We were. Tw I was 20 years old when yeah. I. Well, I was uh, seven, 16 when I joined. Yeah. You know, in college competition, I won that prize. Yeah. So that that's a different motivator than what drives Crossroads. Yeah. So, but but here's what I will say: in both quartets, our objectives were all the same. And that's a big piece of it. In the first quartet, we wanted to win. We all wanted to win. Had there been uh, other guys all, who weren't all necessarily, page, but yeah. we were rowing the boat in the same direction. Yeah. Crossroads wasn't about the win at all. We didn't care. I, I mean, that's the truth. People don't think that's true. We did not care if we won at, at all because we had done it before. We'd experienced all that. It was about something else. But we all agreed. Had one person said, the most important thing in Crossroads is winning the international competition. And the three of us were like, no, it would not have worked the yeah, same way. Yeah, so we were all rowing together. Absolutely. So yeah. you're right. Okay. So, um, so, um, 1995, was it? You started? Three. Three. Okay. So what, what would 2017, Brandon, what advice would you give to 1993, Brandon? Truth. <laughs> would, you like to, would you like a moment? Would you like some thinking music? Because we've got some in the next you know, yes. <laughs> Is that what that's called? <laughs> I mean, this may sound trite, but 
I don't know that I would have a lot of advice because here's my that's right all of the pain points all the highs and all the lows sort of led to where we are now and I'm very happy about it doesn't mean it's perfect it's not perfect there's 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 problems left right we could I'll focus on those problems but you know I just I tend not to do that so but all of those things led me to where where I am now I don't think I could be the same person or this, have the same kind of growth. Yeah. A crossroads would mean to me what it does. Yeah. I have not had those experiences. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would just say, ride it out. Yeah. You know, yeah. just yeah. experience it all. Take it all in. Yeah. I mean, that's that's. I think that's what I was. That may be a cop out, but all of those experiences led to talking to a couple of Australian idiots <laughs> <straight> <laughs> in the corner of some foyer with some kids singing some taxes. Little did you know <laughs> such wonder and stardom would come your way. <laughs> such opportunities. Yes, yes, exactly. Can I ask, uh, one thing I, I've never known is where the name came from. Crossroads. Actually, was it just I don't know this is just spoken out loud, but Ooh. our first name was The Fellowship. Oh, the fellowship. You know, a name was one of those things that you tried to put so much meaning into. Right. You know, and you, oh, the, you, you, there's so much heartburn over it. And you think about <laughs> it, and you sweat about it. And, and then after like three months of people calling you what it is, it's like Google. Yeah. Google's the dumbest thing ever. But now it's, it's just, own meaning. It's, yeah. just, yep. it's become part of the zeitgeist. It's Google. It has no, it's own, you know, it's own thing. Rose would be just as sweet on it with any other name. That's exactly right. That's exactly go. right. So we struggle with that. Unless it's called stink flower or something. <laughs> yeah. So the fellowship was kind of our first feeling. And then we looked and there was a quartet registered called the fellowship. But they were not active. They were not competed. They were not singing in, in a, a period of like three years. So we contacted them and said, you know, would you be willing to give up the name? They never responded. We contacted the VHS. They said, it's just not available. You have to wait six months. And we were like, okay, blah, 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 crossroads. And it was on our list. But we felt like at the same time where we were in our lives and our journey and our quartet experiences, we were sort of, you know, things are changing. Jim, the Gas House Gang is legendary. And, but we're not the Gas House Gang. Yeah. Some people yeah. love the Gas House Gang more yeah. than us, and that's fine. Yeah. So we were all sort of at a crossroads of our life and our journey and our experiences, yeah. and that ultimately felt right yeah. for yeah. us. That's that awesome. makes 100% sense. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why we would go with that name. And um, uh, just quickly in relation to Four Voices, you know, with you and Chad being hardcore barbershoppers, um, to what extent did, did Jason and Lester bring... Um, musical influences from other genres to your to your unique sound. Yeah, I mean, I I think Voices of Lee had a lot of influence over kind of how we were singing at the time and, and kind of where we were going with it. Um, I don't know what people think of as a kind of our signature songs, but if I think about it as as a member of Four Voices, the three songs that that I feel like defines us are Lazy Bones for sure. No, no, Nora, and If I Only Had a Brain. Yeah, sure, of course. So, um, If I Only Had a Brain was actually Jason's idea. Jason at the bass. Yeah. It was his idea. It, it's based upon a Harry Connick Jr. song on his, like, I think, 20 album. I think it's called 20. Um, and it's literally him and a piano. And he's like, I could... It is him the piano. Yeah. And so we sent it to Clay Hine and said, can you do this for us? And Clay loved the idea. Interesting tidbit, I, I will not name this particular judge, but the first time we did it, we sang it in competition, 
he looked to the other music judges, he was a music judge, other music judges in the panels and said, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> because of, you know, you know, of, of, of the simplicity of the song. But if you hear Harry Connick Jr. do it, and I would, you should definitely hear him do it, there's just such a, a beauty and a sincerity and a heart to it that we connect with. And it was Jason that, that brought that to the quartet. So I think we've all, it's 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 very symbiotic in that relationship in that in, in that aspect of our relationship. We all contributed yeah, yeah. to the musical idea. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Um, and so, how we should finish up soon? But how easy or difficult was it for you and Crossroads to um, to find um, songs that that suited? You as a quartet, uh, and and what yeah. proportion of your songs are custom arrangements? I know that you've got that that unfortunate obligation with David Wright, <laughs> yeah. kind of kind of you know ball and chain around your ankle. But apart from that, you know, um, I don't know. I, I would say in the very beginning, there were definitely songs that were not specifically arranged for us, like. Uh, Brent Gravy was arranged for Four Voices. That was a Four Voices arrangement. David Wright for Four Voices. We just we we finished before we learned it, so that sort of made its way into. And and if you if you yes, thank you Andrew. If you listen to that arrangement, you can kind of hear how that could be arranged for Four Voices. Very low bass, a lot of tenor feature things. That was for us, but but it but it also fitted us very well. So. Back in Business was an early song for us, Crying, early song for us. Yeah. Both those two were arranged for Bluegrass Student Union. They okay. write for them in their later wow. years. Yeah. And so we kind of adapted those songs, as you do as a new quartet. We just were looking for anything that's good. And we were looking for things that were good but had not been heard before. And so that's sort of why we were advocating for this. But since then, pretty much everything that we do is custom for us. Having said that, and tonight we've been doing a lot of singing. Yeah. We've been revisiting some old things like some Suntong music and some stuff from the Confederates, uh, uh, Creole Cutie and Lonely Pops and Roses. And we sing those songs because we love the songs and we want to perpetuate those songs. We want to keep those alive and that's a big part of why we sing them is because, you know, who knows if people will still be listening to the Suntongs from 10 years from now. I think they're the greatest quartet ever. But we love them so much, we want to sing their things. So other people will hear it and say, that's great. Yes, yes. Now let's sing yeah, it. And yeah. the next generation, yeah. etc. Et let's sing that Crossroads song rather than let's sing that sometimes song. <laughs> yes, yes. And so lastly, um, without putting you on the spot, which is too late when I ask the question anyway, um, <laughs> the, the, the future longevity of Crossroads, you'll just keep going as long as you Absolutely. feel like you can, you can that's deliver exciting, what you want? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, the answer to that is yes. Because the, Could you keep this door shut now? Yes, because we are, and again, this sounds so cheesy to say out loud, but it's true. We are friends first, and that, that's the reality. We love being together. We laugh. We have sort of a, a way to. We, we often joke that you struggle. Yeah, yes. We often joke that our love language is hate to each other because we're always tearing each other down. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, teasing each other. Teasing each other. And honestly, we just have. We've never had. So I think what we honestly face at this point of our lives, I'm 40, I'm the youngest, I think Jim is the oldest at 53, possibly, is our mortality, it's our age. Quite a lot. 13 years. Yeah, 13 years, yeah. 
but we face our mortality. How many great 65-year-olds are out there singing? Really great. It's a small number. So I think we're aware of our mortality and the ability. And the other problem is this, is that the arrangements are not getting easier. They're not. You know, and so a song like Lollipops and Roses from the Sun Tones has a great appeal to us because it's so simple to sing, but also beautiful. And then we have newer things that are so complex, so difficult, so high, so rhythmically challenging. So we're staring our mortality in the face right now and thinking, how long can we continue to innovate like we do and sing challenging music? And I think that's the future, that's what the future of Crossroad, that's what we're thinking about is what does it look like five years from now when Jim is 58 years old, 59, 60. Of course he can still sing great at that age, but physiology says it's going to change. So I don't know what the end of Crossroads is, but I don't think it'll ever end. I really don't. There's never going to be a point where we say, this is over, it's done, let's go win more medals. Because that's... uh, That's not what we're about. Yeah, yeah. Well, Brandon Guyton, uh, thank you for uh, thank you for the music and thank you for your time tonight. And, um, and uh, long may it continue. Thanks, Thanks very much. I'm sorry this went so long. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pleasure to hear your story. It's Thanks, its own man. episode, isn't it? Wonderful. It really is. It's so good. Yeah. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you.